Welcome back to Transactional Love. Today, Wendy and I will be welcoming Philippa Gerling, who's the CEO of Camp Chateau, a beautiful summer camp for women in the southwest of France. She shares her inspiring journey of creating Camp Chateau and how we as women can invest in ourselves both financially and emotionally, and how we can dig deep to get to know ourselves. Uh, This summer, we will be making the pilgrimage to Camp Chateau as founding members to see and experience it for the first time in real life. But for now, we're so honored to share this incredible story of Philippa's with you all. Hello, hello. Hello. We are back for another transactional love episode with Philippa Gerling here in person. I'm honored that you're here with us. Mm -hmm. For someone who isn't familiar with your brand or you, how do you describe what you do at Camp Chateau? We are a summer camp in a chateau in the southwest of France that is exclusively for women. And our purpose is to provide you somewhere where you can just relax. There's nothing to be, there's nothing to achieve, there's no goal to hit, there's no self-awareness and development. You just come. Because this is a place I haven't been yet. It's on my bucket list. But let's start from the very beginning. Why summer camp? Why women? Place to start. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. There's three things came together. It's a little long story. Let's Um, hear it. So the three pieces that came together that resulted in Camp Chateau. First of all, the area of France that we're in, and Chateau de Bedouet which is a chateau that we're in, is an area of France I've known for many years. My mother and my stepfather had a home there. We've been going there as a family for probably 18 years. So I know it very well. And what I realized every time I arrived in the summer is that you instantly felt transported to relaxation. Mm. Mm. It wasn't a one-week journey to get there. It was mm-hmm. You arrived and you were immediately <coughs> relaxed. So I love, love, love the area. And I know it really well. So that's one piece And Uh, you grew up not far from there. I grew up in England, yeah. I had spent my childhood going to France, and I had a little dream that one day I would own a property in France. Mm -hmm. And as part of that dream, I would look every Sunday morning at uh, frenchproperties.com. Oh, cute. They sent me an email, and then I would daydream (laughs) about the beautiful hamlets and houses that needed renovation somewhere in France. And that I've been doing for about at least 10 years. Mm-hmm. I love this. Looking at properties. This is manifestation in action. I love it. It is. <laughs> it <laughs> is. So there, in my mind, is a love of France and a, a need, a want, a hope of one day owning something. Separate to that, my children and I have a family folklore, really, which is every time we went on vacation or holiday together, we would daydream about this would be a fun place to have a summer camp. Oh, fine. No, you could have the zip Beautiful. line over here, and you could have mm-hmm. the cabins over there, and we could kayak in this lake. And it was always for children. Mm-hmm. So we had this story in the family of, wouldn't it be fun to have a summer camp? So that's sitting there. Tell us a little bit about your children. So at the time when you started having this stream, how old were they? Oh, I think from when they were very little, because my first husband and I used to talk about it. So yes. as my children grew up, it was part of what they heard. I have three children and two stepchildren. Okay. Mm. And they've all been hearing this constant refrain every summer for years and years. Wow. So that's part of it, is a love of France and a kind of a, an interest in one day having a camp that was fun. It was always joy in mm-hmm. my mind, of people course. having fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's another piece of this, which is that I've been working in financial services for a long time. Mm. I've been a chief risk officer, a, Chief Operational Risk Officer, many, I know. Sexy career. So sexy. (laughs) And not stressful at all, I imagine. Not at all. (laughs) 
<laughs> no. And um, what I have learned over the years is that if you choose to be in a patriarchal industry, which I had chosen to be in, what you hear from people as a constant refrain is, we want you to be successful here. You, as a woman, <laughs> we, we want you to be successful we here and we will support you. In oh your success, God. all we need you to do is just stop being you. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. If you could just not be emotional, yeah. don't be so empathetic. Don't and have another kid. Yeah. Don't keep having children. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Definitely not. Yeah. And you know, harden up, be a little tougher. Mm. You should stand with your hands on your hips in the Superman pose so that you feel powerful. Oh my God. Even had someone say you should lower your voice because men can't really wow. hear you when they're higher decibel. That oh no. doesn't surprise me, but then when you put that in the context of a man hearing that, can you imagine? <laughs> it's yeah. just it's something yeah. they'll never hear. Yeah. I got used to the idea of being in an industry where I had to change myself in order to succeed. And you see a lot of um, senior women, especially in banking, who have changed themselves. Mm-hmm. Become quite hard, actually, mm-hmm. in order to succeed. And they had to, right. to be fair. How old were you when you started having children in that career? I was very young when I started having children. I had my first daughter nine months after I got married. I'd like to stress oh, nine God. months, wow. not eight. <laughs> <laughs> the math. Okay. It, it, yeah. it adds up, guys. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, sorry. I was only 23 when I had oh, my first God. child. And, and I went into banking when I was 30. Okay. Yeah, Got it. 30. And at the time when you were having your first child, were you working in that space in a different way? No, when my first daughter, I was actually a lawyer. Oh, okay. I studied law in England. I'm secretly a lawyer. That's I'm a banker. A recovering a, lawyer. Yeah, I know. <laughs> a banker and a lawyer. I like to say I'm a recovering uh, architect. You're a recovering <laughs> lawyer. What could be more sexy? Just that's incredible to have that career as well. It's just remarkable what you've accomplished and... What was that like when you became a mother at 23 as a lawyer in also a patriarchal system? It stopped my career dead. Mm. Absolutely. Because I was actually in the States and realized I was pregnant and I was just starting my legal career. You cannot have a small child and be on a partner track in law. There's just these two things do not go together. And so I had to change direction, which I did. I decided I'll go another direction. At that point, I started looking for different ways that I could find a career, build a career. I ended up spending a couple of years in Singapore. Mm-hmm. And, and when I arrived in Singapore in my mid-20s, I thought, here, I'll be a lawyer. This, now I'll do it. And I quickly realized, no, no one in Singapore is going <laughs> to no, hire you no. as a lawyer. You have to come here with a law firm. What took you to Singapore? So up until now, you're still in the UK. Yeah. I will say I had been to America. Yeah. Mm-hmm was starting to work in law, came back to the UK Got to it. have my first child. My first husband was offered a job in Singapore okay. and we decided, why not? Because we were in our 20s and didn't have a frontal cortex where you actually think <laughs> through the consequences <laughs> right, right. and things like that. Sounds like What fun. a blessing yeah. to not have that frontal <laughs> cortex. That sounds like fun. <laughs> uh, so we went, it's hot, Singapore. Mm. And when we got there and I realised I was not going to get a job as a lawyer, I decided, what do I know? And at that point, I had developed skills in Apple Mac. And this is back in the Mm -hmm, 80s. mm -hmm. And the Apple Mac was the only computer that had pictures and text Mm. on the same screen. That's how Uh, old I am. No, that's amazing. (laughs) And even then, it seems like you have a tendency to choose things that are not meant for women in the times that you're choosing them. Yes. Oh, that could be true. (laughs) No. 
<laughs> Moment of self-awareness. <laughs> Defiant. <laughs> that could be true. Yeah. Okay, why not? It. Yeah. It's always my answer. Yes. Yes. I have a poster up in my house that says, why the hell not? Like, <laughs> yes. I, it is literally a mantra because the stories that we tell ourselves are so much stronger than any society or culture can really do. They're in charge of telling us what our stories are supposed to be. That's right. But we're in charge of the ones that we actually live. And so if we can start rewriting our own stories, then we can start to take control of the narrative and break the boxes. It sounds like that's what you always have done. You know, that I think the experience in Singapore is a good example of mm-hmm. that because I decided I need to work. Mm-hmm. We needed me to have an income. Mm-hmm. And I want to work. Yeah. I just, I did want to work. Yeah. And so what do I know anything about? I know something about the Apple Macintosh. I'm here in Singapore, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed woman is queen. <laughs> so I had business cards printed, Macability, Apple Macintosh Consulting to Business, Education and Government. Oh my God, wow. I love this. And then I went to the one Apple Mac store. Macability. I was so proud of that. I love it. I'm obsessed. <laughs> You have no idea how like pun centric I am in my life, so I'm here for all of yeah. this. I, I just assumed that was a term. I didn't <laughs> think you made that. Up. I was like, I've never heard that before. That's actually no great skill set. To have. I, no, I was raised in a deeply pun centric household. <laughs> <laughs> so I took these business cards to the Apple Mac store mm-hmm. and convinced them. I don't even know how to put them on their counter. I love it. Mm. And so in the Apple Mac store, the only thing on their counter was a little card holder with my name on it. And I had work for the next two years. And people would call me and say, can you program in Excel macro VBA? And I'd say, of course. Yeah. And then I'd go to the meeting and then I'd go buy the book. Right. I'm like, okay, now I know what they are actually asking me to do. What the hell is... BBA, uh, and, then, and, then <laughs> I would, and then I would just read the book. This is amazing. And I would charge yeah. them, you know, a quarter of my time because yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew I spent three quarters yeah. of it learning how to do the job. Yeah. Right. Okay, let's back up to you as a child because I'm seeing entrepreneur in you and grit in you. What was your first job? Did you grow up with that entrepreneur spirit? I always had a job, but I didn't put it down to a entrepreneurial spirit I put it down to I really would like to buy some sweets Mm -hmm. and maybe go to the movies yeah and so I need money yeah Mm -hmm. so um, I just could see you creating businesses in your head as a little girl that's how I see you (laughs) yeah if I go back to early childhood my one of my favorite games was playing at things like running a post office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a little museum that yeah. I'd made. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> which I was hoping to charge people to come to. <laughs> and my mother said, no, <laughs> you can't charge people to look at your collection of rocks. So, <laughs> so I could see that. I could definitely see that in you. So, yeah. You're like, yeah, no, but it's a curation. <laughs> it's I have an eye. I, I curated these yeah. rocks. <laughs> these aren't just any shells. <laughs> this is important. Philippa's rocks. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I spent a couple of years in Singapore. And uh, there I got my tech skills, really, because I was teaching myself. And when I came back, I did try and start business again. Mm-hmm. And When uh, you came back to the UK or to the US? To the UK. Okay. And I will say that, I have started multiple businesses, mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and one of them never got off the ground. I, it was just an attempt. No, two. Same. Two of them never got off the ground. Early, early yeah. small businesses that yeah. I did in the UK, and then one of them did very well, which was a consulting business that I had with banking, but this one is the one that I love, and I think 
people sometimes think that they need to start a business and succeed. But really, the first few times you start a business, you're just learning yeah. how to run a business. Mm-hmm. And those skills, you put them in your tool belt and mm-hmm. you'll come back and use them later. Mm-hmm. So nothing's a waste. Mm-hmm. Well, you're in the UK, you came back from Singapore. Yeah. Connect the dots to getting to the US. And at one point, you had the aha moment that, okay, I'm going to do this summer camp for not children. At one point, you changed to adults. Yeah, the road to where I am right now was mostly through banking. I started working at South Bank University. I was running a lab for Macintoshes and PCs. And then I got recruited from there into Credit Suisse. And that was when I first entered banking. Got it. So I was working at Credit Suisse in London and Canary Wharf. And then I got recruited to go and work to help run a project management consulting firm in the States. Mm -hmm. My first husband had been offered a job in the States, and so we went. And we moved to America in 96, and Mm -hmm. I've been here ever since. Mm -hmm. What part of the U.S.? Started in Centerville, Virginia. Oh, okay. And then fairly quickly, within two years later, we were in the New York area. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, I lived in New Jersey, commuted into New York for most of my career. And it was slowly working my way up through my banking career During that period of time, I got divorced. I was unemployed and a single mom. Then I was back in the workplace and remarried and two more stepchildren. Mm -hmm. And my career was really strong and a very supportive partner, my husband, Joe, who his career was something he he liked but wasn't really passionate about. And so he was super supportive so that I could really pursue mine. And then nearly five years ago now, I made a decision that I was done with regular banking. Was there a reason for the done or was it just burnout? I had reached a point where the misogyny was so Mm. in my face Mm -hmm. all day long Mm -hmm. that I had lost my sense of reality. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. start to think this is normal. It's not normal. And, And I took myself off on a weekend retreat. So my husband was going to go and play golf. Mm -hmm. And so I had a long weekend free. And some of my girlfriends were saying, let's all go to Vegas. I was like, yeah, the last thing I need (laughs) right now (laughs) is Vegas. What I need is quiet. And so I searched. Respite. Real Mm -hmm. respite. And I searched and I found one silent retreat Mm -hmm. in New York State, Mm -hmm. which was not religious. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't really want anything religious. I just wanted Mm -hmm. quiet. Yes, to be quiet. To be quiet. <laughs> and for no one, no to, one talk talk to talk to me. me. <laughs> Leave me alone. Here's my money. Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. That's exactly uh, right. Yeah. So I found this place. I flew up to, I think it was Rochester, New York, mm-hmm. rented a car, drove down to this abbey on a Friday night, mm-hmm. and found it in, in the middle of nowhere. Found this place. I'd left a contact number with my admin assistant and my husband. Don't. Only call me. If there's absolute disaster, right. <laughs> but you can get me. And uh, so I arrived Friday night. It's dark. It was a winter. I worked out where my room was. I got back in the car, put in nearest liquor store <laughs> in my phone. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds and like exactly what I would do too. <laughs> did we just become best friends? <laughs> <laughs> we probably did. And uh, so I drove into this little town and I bought a really good bottle of Red wine. wine. Yeah. <laughs> Silver oak, Cabernet Sauvignon, Beautiful. expensive bottle of wine, yeah. and a few bags of chips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the and, chips. Then, <laughs> and then I drove back to the abbey, and then I turned off my phone. 
and I put it away. Mm-hmm. And I didn't turn it on again until I arrived at the airport on Sunday night. Beautiful. So the next morning, I woke up in the morning and I thought, what do I do now? As did you take books? <laughs> what Were well, you thinking so about how to <laughs> fill time at all? Or are you just saying, I'm going to be present with myself? I felt like I needed space to work out what I wanted to do next. And, and I had this idea in my mind that I wanted to start a bank for women, run mm. by women, that would not be this traditional yes. dusty old men in suits bank. So mm. this was an idea I'd had that had been forming for a while. So in the morning, I was looking for a walk. I'll go for a walk, clear my head. And I, uh, I went up to one of the people there and then nobody's talking. And I just pointed <laughs> I at... I love this so much. Where, where I, love could the, I, I want this to be a movie. <laughs> no, that's what I was watch. thinking. This needs to be a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I pointed at this. I'm like, where do I go? And then he spoke to me and he said, well, you can go for a walk here. And I was affronted. Like, how dare you speak to me? We're supposed to be so <laughs> Yeah. We just broke the, right, right. Broke the spell. I need a discount. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to need some money back. <laughs> I will say this thing was something like 30 bucks a night. Mm-hmm. There was nothing there. So anyway, he showed me where I wanted a one-hour walk. So I decided I'm going to go for a walk, out one hour, back an hour. And um, I step out of the property and the first part of the walk is over a little bridge. And I'm thinking, ooh, metaphor. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I really, I thought, you know what? I feel like this is going to be a journey. I love it. <laughs> and, uh, and as I started walking, I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try and work out who I am. Mm. And the way... <laughs> <laughs> this is not funny, Wendy. I don't know what you're laughing at. This is really no, deep. that's ridiculous. <laughs> She's like, what the heck? I think that I'm like about to cry yeah. and you're cracking I, up. Because... because because she's like, okay, I'm setting myself up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go over this bridge. I'm gonna work out who I am. This is, this is, these are the questions that we struggle with for an entire yes. life. Life And she's time. like, do this on a silent retreat. I got two hours. <laughs> I'm gonna figure it out in two hours. They got a clock set. We go. have a deadline. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty much like that. Mm-hmm. So here I am. I'm on my own. Here's my chance. Get to it. Yeah. So I walk across the bridge. How am I going to do that? Um, how about I just try and reminisce two years at a time? Mm. Okay. So I said, okay, so here we are. And it's 2018. What was I doing in 2016? Mm. So I thought, okay, and I could work out what I was doing. Think it through. And then, okay, what was I doing 2014? What was I doing 2012? And I just kept walking. Walking is very beautiful. Mm. Middle of nowhere. No leaves on the trees. Very quiet. Didn't see a soul. Mm. And then there'd be like markers. I'd be turning the corner and there'd be a stream. Like, what did I do 1998? Mm-hmm. What realization were you having? It was absolutely eye-opening. Yeah. It was, it was incredibly powerful. When you spend time with yourself and you let yourself spend time with yourself, it's an amazing thing because you, mm-hmm. you learn things about yourself. So right. as I'm walking backwards, I was remembering... Great times, terrible times, mm-hmm. painful times, happy times. And as I went through it, I was uncovering more and more who I was mm-hmm. and who someone else was trying to make me into. Mm-hmm. Right? So all the people who'd had influence in my life, I could see much more clearly as I went through this reverse time. And uh, my mother featured quite strongly in it. And I was trying to work out what her role was, what my father's role was. Mm-hmm. And, and then eventually I got to my earliest memory. And my earliest memory, I was about three years old, and I remember reaching up and holding my mother's hand. Mm-hmm. At that point, I looked at my watch and it had been one hour. If you think about those two years, were you thinking 
gosh, a lot has changed in those two years? Or were you thinking a lot didn't happen? Because I think sometimes when I reflect, I feel like, what did I accomplish in this time? What was that struggle for you and going back? I wasn't looking at what have I accomplished. It's just like, where were the moments that have defined me? What happened to me? Got it. Mm -hmm. Okay. What happened to me and how did I respond? I think that was really... Yeah, not a, no judgment, just no, from just a non-attached reflection. No, I didn't yeah. Fe- yeah, I didn't yeah. feel guilty. I right. didn't feel... I just was yeah. observing. Right. Mm. Like, it's like someone was rerunning my life. And right. it was very interesting because by the time... Through your teenage years, you're like, ooh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Are you writing this down as you're walking at all? Or no. how you're just in your mind? No, I'm just thinking it through. So then I turned around and walked back two years at a time. So Okay, so this is where I came from. Now let's walk back again. And now this time I was a little more, um, not judgmental, but a little more evaluating. Mm. Okay, now I understand why I was like that at 10. Mm. Now I understand why I did that at 28. Because I remember all the things that led up to it. And I've looked at them twice. Wow. By the time I got back to the bridge, yeah, it's like, this is who I am. And I had this really clear view of who I was and what I wanted. Who is she? What I, at that point, what I decided is, I'm okay. That's why I decided. I'm an okay person. And I'm okay. Yeah. And I have more to do. There was a really strong feeling. I have more mm. to do. You're being pulled. Yes. Yeah. And also, I'm getting older. And I was thinking, do I have a third age? But I really do. Mm-hmm. I really do. Mm-hmm. By the time I got back, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I am. love it. I, I love it. am ready for something. And then I spent the next two days planning this bank. Mm-hmm. I had... Post-it notes and cards and books and things on the wall. And I just worked on it for two days. And when I first got back, I thought, oh, I should write this down. That was a really amazing journey. And I started writing it down. And after a page, I thought, no, actually, this isn't, I wasn't writing an autobiography. Mm -hmm. I was just spending time with myself so that I could be in this place right now where I feel empowered. So, yeah, that was the big moment for me. And I did intend to go and start that bank. I handed in my notice at work mm-hmm. soon after that. I gave mm-hmm. six months' notice mm-hmm. so that they could find a replacement. But before I left that job, I was recruited by a company in San Francisco mm-hmm. who came to me and said, we have a mission that is to provide banking to people who have been unfairly denied access to banking. I really mm-hmm. wanted to see a leveling of the playing field, Yeah, something that was had some social justice to Mm -hmm. it. And I believed that their mission was very closely aligned to mine. It just wasn't women-focused. It was more Mm equality-focused. And so I took the job. And I went to my husband and said, hey, I've been offered a job in San Francisco. He's New York Italian. He and his family have lived in that area Uh their whole lives. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm assuming you're going to (laughs) say, that's not a good idea. And he said, you know what? I think I've lived here long enough. Oh, um, wow. Let's give it a try. And I know you. You only do anything for three years anyway. So <laughs> this we'll is be a back trial. In, we'll be back in three <laughs> yeah, years if we it. don't like it. Yeah. And, I, and he was relieved I wasn't going to go off and start a bank on my own. Yeah. And how old were your children at that time? They were all grown. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So by the time we left for San Francisco, we were empty nesting. And my children were all over the world. There I was at a bank. Is a startup bank, very San Francisco, mm-hmm. cool, mm-hmm. everything is yeah. G suite, free <laughs> snacks and kombucha, <laughs> and we all wear jeans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like nothing like the banking world that I've been yeah, in. Yeah, so yeah. I felt liberated that yeah. this is great. And and I was enjoying my job and in, and enjoying the work. And then one Sunday, 
in my frenchproperties.com up pop Chateau de Bedouet. Mm. So I called my eldest daughter who fantasized about France with me quite often and we she had actually spotted that particular property and we were looking at it and I said it's really near where mom and Richard live. It's mm-hmm. right near Fijac which is the town that we know so well. It looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. I just feel like we should go see it. Leah is living in New Orleans. She has, okay. runs her own business. She's a successful entrepreneur mm-hmm. in her 30s. Mm-hmm. And uh, she just had my grandson. Oh, congratulations. congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah. He's sunny. He's adorable. Aww. It's the middle of COVID yes. at this okay. point. Mm-hmm. No one is supposed to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So what month, What this really matters because I think we're all in a certain psychology of where in the pandemic are we? Yeah. So this was April 2021. Okay. And we start talking about it. I reach out to the owner and say, I'm interested to know more about this chateau. And, and he said, if you're interested, why don't you come and stay? Mm. I'd love to. It's the middle of COVID. Yeah. Oh, can we really do that? And every summer I spent with my mother because she lives in England. I live in America. And she had been diagnosed with something that was going to eventually be something that she wouldn't be able to Mm -hmm. survive. And so I decided I wanted to spend time with her. And um, so every summer I would go for six weeks. So we would brave COVID. We'd have masks and vaccinations and tests and quarantines and manage to get to England every summer, even during COVID. So we were there, summer of 2021, and I contact all my children and say, oh, I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. You want to come? Mm-hmm. And they, we all convened at Beautiful. the Chateau in September. And it was my youngest child, Tegwin, who is non-binary, they have they pronouns, they and their partner. My middle daughter, Holly, who is in Austria, mm-hmm. with her partner, Tom, and my granddaughter, Lily. Mm-hmm. And wow. Leah, who had been in Louisiana, and she flew in as well. We all met at the Chateau through all our testing protocols in September 2021. That's beautiful. Wow. And I will tell you that people in my life were appalled. It's, it's an interesting. They weren't just surprised. They were annoyed mm-hmm. that we had the audacity to even go visit. Like, why would you even think you can own a Chateau? I am not intending to own a Chateau. Right. <laughs> Let me be clear. I yeah. don't need a Chateau. I just feel drawn to this property Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure why but my children are feeling it too and you have to trust that intuition that is true sometimes you just have to do it yeah so we went and the owner was there what we didn't know was that this was the week he was saying goodbye to the chateau he'd lived there in the summers for 30 years Roy is his Mm -hmm. name and he was going to mothball the chateau that winter because it needed to be sold because mm-hmm. he's in his 80s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And his family had said to him, enough is enough, Dad. You don't need a 20-acre chateau from the 1200s. Yeah. And so he was saying goodbye to it. And he planned a goodbye dinner. And he'd invited all his friends and family. And no one could come because of COVID. I'm getting chills like all up and down my body hearing this. This is so wow. beautiful. Yeah. And there was a wonderful little side story going on, which was that a group of Oxford Dons from Oxford University uh-huh. were staying in one of the properties on the grounds because they had won it in an auction. Uh-huh. Roy had... <laughs> give wait. The, I cannot wait for this movie. <laughs> won, they won it in an auction and it's three Oxford wow. Dons with their wives, mm-hmm. men with mm-hmm. their wives, mm-hmm. and um, they're staying in La Grange. Mm-hmm. We have been put up in the chateau and mm-hmm. we completely... In love with it. The moment yeah. we arrive, yeah, yeah, it yeah. is stunning. Yeah. And in a really accessible way. It's not 
an austere mm-hmm. chateau. I was saying to the to my children beforehand, it's shabby, chic chateau, and they just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> never let that go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no chateau is shabby, <laughs> chic. The no, US right. stuck on you. <laughs> no, you're right. That was not fair. But I think probably the authenticity created this sense of luxury that had nothing to do with inaccessibility, right? It's just this yeah, it authentic... You don't feel True shut embodiment. out. Yes. Yeah. You feel like it wraps its arms around you when you mm, arrive. Yes. So we are staying in the chateau. Lily is running around the grounds, loving it. Mm-hmm. And we all just think it's beautiful. And and then we find out we've been invited for dinner mm-hmm. on Thursday night with Roy and one of his friends who lives in the area and some musicians who are coming who wow. have been performing in the chateau for the last 20 years yeah. wow. and who want to do a concert for him to say mm-hmm. goodbye. And the Oxford Dons. And so, <laughs> of course... And so I'm like, oh, okay, that sounds lovely. Thank you very much. And uh, and then we start going through our luggage. What are we going to wear? <laughs> We've got flip flaps and shorts oh, and a couple God. of sweaters. I, I and we went through all our luggage and kind of put together a mishmash of cl- clothing that's mm. almost respectable. I'm not going to say it was. <laughs> almost respectable. We all come downstairs, you know, brushing our hair. We, we do need a visual set. of this. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> there is a photo. So we, we come down, we step out onto the back veranda and there's somebody handing out glasses of champagne. Mm. And then the Oxford Dons and their wives <laughs> arrive in tuxedos. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tuxedos and cocktail dresses. Oh, goodness. Because like, oh. they never leave home without those. <laughs> you always got to have one in yeah. your luggage if you're an Oxford <laughs> professor. Because you never know. You never know. <laughs> no, so, so this I, is yeah. true comedic I know, it's so genius. It, it was really fantastic. Good. We're making small talk with the Oxford crew and and Roy comes out and he's talking to everybody and the musicians are there chatting and his old housekeeper was organizing the food mm. and being friendly and then we let we decide let's have a photo taken on the edge of this one of the verandas and so we're standing on the edge of the terrace my family all in a line and behind us is an enormous rainbow mm. from wow. one end of the valley to the other and we're just standing here thinking something magical is happening. <laughs> you think? <laughs> what is happening? And oh then we all God. had um, dinner in the beautiful dining hall, which looks like Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. It's a mm-hmm. two-floor mm-hmm. dining I, hall with painted ceilings. It's I've seen the incredible photos. It's just stunning. It's really beautiful. So we had this delicious dinner. We're making French small talk. None of us speak much French. My daughter was doing the best, Leah. Mm-hmm. And then we all go into the salon and we sit in the salon and the musicians play for Roy some mm-hmm. of his music. And my granddaughter's sitting on her mother's lap, enthralled by this classical music. And it's peaceful and beautiful and just the, the air is almost electric. Mm-hmm. And then Roy showed a little video that he'd made of the history of the chateau. Oh and then goodness. we all toasted Roy and then we all went to bed. How do you not buy it at that point? Obviously. It was like the baton was given to you. I think there's just so much beauty because when you think about real estate and the transaction, it's the opposite of that. Usually it's this cold, literal transaction. I sat down with Roy and I said to him, look, Roy, we as a family are just in love with Mm -hmm. the chateau. And I see that you love it. Mm -hmm. And we would love to come up with a bid. We're just not sure what it is yet. Can we go in and think about that? And... We'd been his sort of surrogate family for the night, right? really. And there was a real affection mm-hmm. between us all. So then the next couple of days, we're walking around thinking, what are we supposed to do with this chateau? Yeah. And then it all started to collide. Yeah. Because the piece that I hadn't really talked about is that with the working in a patriarchal industry for so long yeah. and being told that you have to change yourself, 
I, for the last 10 years, have had a new perspective on diversity and inclusion, and mm-hmm. I've changed my mantra now, and it is now, don't change, mm. change the rules. Mm-hmm. I really think we need to change the systems to be inclusive, mm-hmm. instead of trying to ask people to change themselves yes. so that they can be included. Mm-hmm. And so, as we were standing talking there, and I called my best friend, Linda Coleman, mm-hmm. who is one of my co-founders in uh, New Jersey. I've known her for many years. And Leah, Linda, and I were brainstorming what would work here. And said, so what if you created something where women could come? Mm-hmm. Because the bedrooms in the chateau are huge mm-hmm. because they were royal bedrooms. It, you could have turned it into a luxury spa, mm-hmm. for example, and it would have been for the exclusive use of wealthy women. Yeah. Not interested in doing that. Mm-hmm. How can you make it more accessible? What about if we did camp? Yes. And then we're like, all of the ideas of camp suddenly came rolling back. Wait, camp. And bunk beds. Bunk and beds. Yes. <laughs> what about if we had bunk beds? Would women be willing to do bunk beds? Maybe not. But maybe. And then if we made it a camp that was where women could come and take off all their masks. Mm-hmm. Yes. You don't have to be anything except yourself. Mm-hmm. Come as you are. Mm-hmm. Do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. You do not need to come out of this able to do a better yoga pose mm-hmm. or having lost 10 pounds mm-hmm. or have built your self-esteem and your levels of power. Mm-hmm. No, you come because you are amazing and oh, you deserve a beautiful. break. Mm-hmm. And this is somewhere you can come and relax. And so we've been, we worked out, we could do that. We, yeah. And it could be viable as a business. Mm-hmm. Started doing forecasts, played with the numbers, how much mm-hmm. would we have to charge so that we could break even if we had a loan for some of the chateau because I don't have yeah. two million euros. So how are we going to buy the chateau? And once we put it all together, we thought that business works. Now, how would we fund it? I wonder if women would like to fund it. Mm-hmm. So I posted on Facebook and I don't have that many Facebook friends. A couple of hundred. I'm mostly LinkedIn. Yeah. A thousand. Okay. But Facebook is really just friends. And so I posted, I have this idea. What about a summer camp for women in the southwest of France in a chateau? Come as you are, do what you want, all food included, Mm -hmm. everything included. And I got multiple messages from my friends saying, why has no one ever done this before? Yes. And I thought, that's why I'm wondering. (laughs) Maybe it's a crazy idea because no one's done it before. And um, they're like, no, do it and I'm in. Mm -hmm. So then I started to reach out and say, if I did it, how in would you be? Right. Would you be interested in being a founding member? It's incredible. And we built a structure where a founding member for quite a modest amount can come to camp for free forever. Oh, amazing. So you pay this amount and then we give you a 5% interest on it. It's an interest-only loan to Camp Chateau and you come to camp for free every year Mm -hmm. and we ask you to contribute your opinions every year so we can just make it better and better better you created an accessible investment vehicle with the mindset of soulful women when you think about women as investors what is accessible right this vehicle to invest in real estate i think is brilliant and thank you for doing that for women a financial institution in a way you weren't setting out to create a bank for women but you did we created instead a way you can invest in yourself right and invest in other women yeah it's not an investment in real estate really Mm -hmm. because people are making a loan to camp chateau which is a business right Mm. that uses chateau de Mm bedouet but using that funding meant that we were then able to purchase 
Chateau de Bedouet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we also then found equity investors mm-hmm. who wanted to come in. And the first few were people I knew well. Mm-hmm. And what they said is, I know you and I know you're a risk manager. So yeah. I think mm-hmm. you've thought through the risks. <laughs> right. I'm like, so many times. So qualified. <laughs> so many times have I thought through the risks. And they said, so I'm willing to do that. And I'd rather have my money there than sitting in a soulless institution yeah. somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I hadn't told you is today we closed. <gasps> on the chateau. Oh my goodness. Today? This morning. <gasps> oh my wow. god. I'm getting <laughs> chills and I might start, start crying. No. That's incredible. Yes, we just put the podcast in that movie that we're going to be. <laughs> you and I are in the movie. <laughs> oh my god. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It's huge. Get ownership is incredible. She literally just had a similar experience on Monday. Yeah. And, and this is like big stuff is really shifting in the world right yeah. now. And I'm so proud of both of you for making those investments and those choices and showing up for what we want to see next. Thank you. And for think of the journey. Yeah. So from September 2021 yeah. to today, where it's <laughs> 2023, December, December 14th. 14th. Yeah. That's an incredible journey. It was, it feels fast. Mm-hmm. It feels fast. Mm-hmm. There's also, and I just have this little nugget in the back of my head that it's like nearly impossible for an expat to buy land or Ooh, anything in France. Specifically <laughs> hard um, to not be of French descent and purchase in France. And we added layers of complexity. Of course you Because did. Roy's ownership of the chateaus through a Netherlands company. So what we had to do was form a Netherlands company to buy his Netherlands company. And then we had to form a subsidiary of that company to do business in France and then register that company to do business in France. And then we had to form a French subsidiary of that company so that we could have Mm. a French bank account and so that we Mm -hmm. could more easily manage all of the social charges because it's quite complicated. So there were multiple layers of accounting and regulation and law that we had to go through. And you're perfectly set up to do it. That's well, my amazing. My daughter said something to me that really touched me. She yeah. said, you know what, mom? She said, yeah. there are women who would really want to do this. Yeah. And there are women out there who could do this, but there aren't many women who want to do it yeah. and can do it. And so all the years of doing things that I didn't really yeah. feel wow. passionate about yeah. all mattered yeah. when it came to doing this. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, and what we found along the way is we just stay authentic all the time, then you can move forward. Yeah. So now I'm crying. This is the moment I'm <laughs> because that the way that we journey through our lives really does matter. And we don't always know why or how it matters yeah. until we get to where we're supposed to be. And where we're supposed to be is that thing that's our light. That's the vehicle for the light that we're supposed to be shining. So that's amazing. And I'm I honestly, like, just witnessing it. I'm so proud of you for doing it. (laughs) Thank you. It's good. It's amazing. And he'll tell you the other piece about it that is where I think being women Mm -hmm. running a a company made a difference is we knew that the emotional connection with Roy Mm -hmm. was a really important part. This chateau, it was sold to us with all its contents. Uh So it's completely groaning with tapestries and stories everywhere. And cupboards full of jam from 1987. Just going through that. True treasure. Yes, we know sometimes it's scary treasure <laughs> and sometimes it's amazing oh, treasure. Yeah. But when we went back to Roy to make our bid, there were other people bidding. Mm-hmm. And there was a couple who wanted to buy it and turn it into a vineyard. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and there was another couple who kept wanting to come and talk to him about it. And I made him an offer that was fairly lowball offer. Mm-hmm. It was all three properties, because there's two more houses mm-hmm. on them, all 20 acres, all contents, mm-hmm. for a fairly aggressive price. Mm-hmm. But we did say to him, but Roy, you have been here for 35 years. You've been the Chatonat mm-hmm. of the Chateau. And we think that it's important that you stay. Yeah. And so we're going to give you a life interest in the conciergerie, wow. which is an apartment that's attached to La Grange, which Roy usually lives in the summer. Yeah. And we said to him, we'd like you to live in that for the rest of your life. Yeah. Mm. And if you would occasionally, when you're here, come and sit with the women at camp and tell them stories that's about amazing. the chateau, yeah. we would love that. Yeah. And beautiful he, gift. Yeah, and he loves that idea. He's written a book about the chateau. He knows yeah. so much about it. And so when we have camp, whenever Roy's there, we do a little salon l- evening and everyone sits and he waxes very yeah. lyrical yeah. for quite some time until I, I cut him, him off. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no more wine. We're, we're done, Roy. Okay, right. 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 Let's take them to the oubliette now. Uh, he also uh, needs a part in this movie. <laughs> yeah, he has a key role. Oh my God. And uh, he and I exchanged emails just today. Oh and, my and he signed off Ma chère Chatelaine to me. It's like my darling Chatelaine, yeah. which is yeah. what I am now. Yeah. And it was just a lovely moment for me. He and I will always be really yeah. close. Yeah. And he's part of our family now, and I think we're part of his. Yeah. That's beautiful. And that's where we are. Yeah. And we're sold out. Yeah. Yes. Next summer. I love it. Amazing. So, which was incredible to me. That shocked me. Yeah. That really shocked me. I also love how you have the option of doing nothing, as you said, when you were exploring yourself or activities. I want to paint. I want to mm-hmm. be by the book, whatever mm-hmm. that is. I love that sense of arrival and being expected and being able to put your energy in yourself versus planning or figuring out how to spend time. There are these communal rooms that are beautiful. And I, it, it does remind me of summer camp, but in an elevated elegant way yes it's camp (laughs) yeah but it is a chateau yes and talk a bit about the experience of it the rival the women and how they come together yes yes i will tell you that in the whole process in the last two and a half years the most anxious i was the three hours before the first Mm -hmm. guests arrived Mm -hmm. i was dying i was like what if everyone hates it just so i have a bit more of a container here how many camps have you run so far last summer we did eight okay this next summer we'll be doing 12 and that's all sold out sold out okay and And there's one spans one week one week six days five nights okay so you arrive on a tuesday you leave on sunday and the very first two weeks were all founding members so they're all people who'd invested beautiful we'd ask them please be kind because it's our first week, mm-hmm. and please tell us everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they were amazing. They were absolutely amazing, because they all had a real vested interest in it yeah. succeeding. Yeah. And they were very kind, very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> As the weeks went by and we had regular camp happening, I saw the same thing repeat itself mm-hmm. week after week. And it, it was smaller groups. Next year, it's 50 a mm-hmm. week. This last summer, it was between 20 and 28 okay. mm-hmm. every week. And a lot of them did not know each other. Mm -hmm. And towards the end of the summer, we had a lot more solo travelers as they heard about it. Mm -hmm. And I saw women are amazing. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, we know this. But sometimes you worry that women can be mean. Mm -hmm. Because as teenage girls are mean. And and women in the workplace can be tough on each other. They really can. What I found is that when you take women and you put them somewhere beautiful and you tell them that they are enough and you don't give them anything 
to compete over. Nothing. Yes. You're not competing about your children or men. Yeah. Or jobs. Work. Yeah. Or being the best at anything. You're yes. just there because you're amazing. Mm-hmm. And I found women are incredibly kind to each other. Incredibly kind. And there was little to no conflict. We had maybe once or twice where someone was upset and we had to intervene and then we were done. Mm-hmm. The rest of the time, if somebody said something that the women around them did not agree with, mm-hmm. I found that towards the end, people would just go, oh, interesting, and then disperse. We are not interested yeah. in confrontation. Yes. Yeah. But like, I love you. I'm yeah. going to go get a drink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to leave that one there. <laughs> I'm going to leave that on the table. Do not need to discuss. I can imagine the camaraderie and the friendships that are born here are lifelong friendships. Lots of women who are gathering in cities all over the world. Yes. Mm-hmm. And getting together mm-hmm. and their Chatelaine buddies. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite things I heard someone say was after they left camp, now they ask themselves, what would Chateau them do? Mm. Yeah. What would Chateau Philippa do in this situation? <laughs> Before I make a quick decision. Which yeah. means that people got enough out of that experience that they can tap back into it mm-hmm. and feel that calmness and just that sense of peace mm-hmm. yeah. that is just very important. It's important for mental health. Yes. It's important for emotional strength. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. important for all of us that we give ourselves space to just be. Yeah. I loved what you said about finding yourself and giving yourself the space to do that, whether it's solitude and silence or painting, right, or whatever that might be. I think giving ourselves space to get to know ourselves is something that I don't do very often, if at all, right? So I I, I do think there's this beauty that you're gifting these women of that permission and actually the forcing them to get to know themselves in a good way it's an interesting aspect to camp which is you can choose to do nothing yes so there's no pressure mm-hmm. to to te- like i'm going to take on painting and watercolors and clay and i'm going to do jam making and i'm going to go hiking some people come in with a whole list of things they're going to do and that brings them joy mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. they're busy they're kayaking they're they're horseback riding they're having a great time mm-hmm. some people just go to a hammock and lie down and read mm-hmm. And we had a really interesting moment in the second week of camp when we give out badges. Mm. Let me tell you, badges bring out the seven-year-old. I love it. In every woman. I love it. As soon as we said there were badges, people were just beside themselves. They're like, okay. So you say, I'm going to earn some badges. I'm going to earn some badges. (laughs) Yeah. So then there's some people like, I must own every badge. Every badge. Right, right, right. And, then, and that's oh, fine if that's what you want to do. But there was one moment when Tegwin, who is my youngest, yes. is also our camp director. Uh-huh. And Tegwin said, did anyone today finish a book? Mm-hmm. And one of our campers raised her hand. She said, yeah, I finished a book. Why? And Tegwin said, well, there's a badge for that. Mm-hmm. And handed her a badge. And she took the badge and she said, I get a badge for looking after myself. Aww. And started crying. Yeah. I was like, yes, you do. Yeah. And you need permission yeah. to just look after yourself. And we will incentivize that with badges. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is a badge for lazing in a hammock. There is a badge for lazing it. by the pool. I love because it. Because you achieved that moment of peace for yourself. Yeah, that's great. That's really great. So the architect in me is, can we talk about the design? So obviously you've inherited beautiful pieces oh. that are storied and layered and give 
the history of this place? Did you work with anyone to layer in your soul into what this should be? And what did that process look like? It's a very interesting point because one person in my family came to visit and he told me, you're going to have to hire an interior designer. You can't possibly design this. And my answer to him was, we're not designing anything. It's here. Yes. We're going to put beds in it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Done. That's it. So the one thing we did is that we found the most beautiful lampshades. Mm. It's a company called Firmoir. Very happy to promote them. And I found them walking in Larkspur. Mm -hmm. Joe, Mm. my husband, said, those are nice lampshades. They'd look nice in the chateau. You are so right. And then we found out it was a UK company. Oh, wow. And then Leah had the the task, which she loved, of buying 70 lampshades. <laughs> Love it. Mm-hmm. And so we took all the old, decrepit, sad-looking lampshades off throughout mm-hmm. the chateau and replaced them all with these more modern mm-hmm. but rather classic mm-hmm. design lampshades. So there was one thread mm. throughout the chateau that's subliminal Yes. But it's consistent. They're Mm -hmm. all different colours, they're all different patterns, but there's something about them that is consistent. And light being such an incredible, powerful thread to really unify. So every time you go into a room, what's glowing is this one thing that you somehow recognise and you're not sure Mm -hmm. why. Mm -hmm. And so we did do that. And then Leah and Linda, my co-founders, really were the leads on how does each bunk look. Mm Because every bunk room has its own colour, it has... All of them have different wall coverings. All of them have different floor-to-ceiling beautiful curtains, mm-hmm. which we could never afford. Right. There would be thousands and thousands yeah, to yeah, buy yeah. this drapery. Right. And so they were the ones who helped pick out, all right, what are we going to have as the accent cushion? What are we going to have as the throw mm-hmm. color? Yeah. And that was really all. Yeah, wow, that's great. And so we were trying very much to not spoil it. And there was a moment when Roy came the very first week of camp and I was nervous about him looking through these rooms. Of course. Because we'd moved furniture around, we'd moved it from one room to another, pictures from one place to another, and we'd moved things around. You, you freshened it up, you moved the energy of the space a bit, it, right? We had, especially yeah. the salon. We yeah. changed that. Uh, Leah and Linda did an amazing job there, making that very warm and cozy instead of a bit formal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Roy came through with his camera and he went bunk room to bunk room and the first bunk room he went in, he picked up his camera, he took a photo, and he said to me, 10 out of 10. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. I said, thank you very much, Roy. Oh, oh, Would you like to see another one? <laughs> so I took him to another bunk room, and he went in and he t- took a picture, and he said to me, A+. <laughs> his scale keeps changing. Oh, I love it. It was so great. And so we just walked through the whole place. He was so happy. Well, and he was the taking respect pictures. you gave to the Lots authenticity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. We didn't mm. want to break anything. We wanted to just enhance yeah. it. Yeah. What is next for you in this moment? As you're sitting here having closed, this uh, place is I can't, yours. I can't yeah. What what are you feeling right now? And maybe you don't have the ability to look forward as you're just soaking this moment in, but what what's ahead? I thought that this autumn and winter would be about sales. Let's fill up next summer. Mm-hmm. But we were sold out by the end of August. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. What do we do now? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're focusing more on brand, mm-hmm. making sure that we're very clear on who we are and what we stand for, uh, making sure our mission is really clear, that this is about providing a sense of sanctuary and relaxation, mm-hmm. but no expectation mm-hmm. for people and fun. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure joy keeps coming mm-hmm. through here. The project that I have in hand is the vineyard mm-hmm. because we are planting a vineyard. And we've already prepared the hillside. We've put barley in. 
and the barley is now growing. Mm-hmm. And once it's grown, we get to harvest it back into wow. the soil mm-hmm. and then we get to plant rootstock. Mm-hmm. And so I've just finished my first class at UC Davis on oh. wine and winemaking. Wow. So that I'm annoying enough. <laughs> For Bernard, who is our winemaker, he is very it. upset with me for I taking this it. class. I love it. Because now I'm going to have an opinion. Yes. You also live in wine country here in California, yeah. so you're, you're pretty much an expert. I would <laughs> love to bring a little bit of California yes. to the French countryside yeah. for the winemaking. And so that is the sort of the big project. We are also expanding the third floor. So mm. there's work to be done inside the chateau over the winter that requires really strong project management so thank god I was a project manager in a previous life and we have a fantastic property manager who is also a builder and roofer oh perfect he's amazing so he's doing the work in the chateau and our groundskeeper Emily is busy preparing the grounds there's some improvements that she wanted to make over the winter that she's working on and so a lot of it is preparation for next summer how are you splitting your time geographically are you wanting to split pretty evenly are you letting your team run with it there I'm there in the summer okay yeah I'm there in the summer and I'm just there to be there not to work the people who are working on it live there um, and Tegwin and I working full-time all the time and they are in Berlin Mm -hmm. I am in California it's the worst time difference oh gosh nine hour time difference there's midnight calls yeah but between the two of us we're running really Camp Chateau and then the grounds are being run by our property manager and groundskeeper and there's a lot of work to be done because with double the campus next year we have to purchase all the new beds Mm -hmm. we have to double a Mm -hmm. lot of the spaces so that they accommodate more people Mm -hmm. and we need double the staff Mm -hmm. So we're hiring all staff. We'll be training them all in June. It's going to be here before we know it. Mm-hmm. And this is your full-time focus. Yes. Thank goodness, last summer, I got laid off. Oh. <laughs> and I will tell you, for and I was doing this on the side of my desk. So this whole thing, I was just doing. I, I asked permission at work. <laughs> is it okay that I've bought a chateau? It's nothing to do with banking. Is that okay? And they're like, yeah, I don't know why, why you even did that. But yeah, okay. Yeah. Just don't talk about it anymore. <laughs> and then I got laid off for the summer before camp. And I was angry for about 18 hours. <laughs> I was like, how dare you lay me off? I, I like that so short hard and indignant. Not even a full 24 Not hours. even 24. <laughs> no, because everything happens for you, yes. not to right. you. And then right? suddenly I realized, wait a this minute. Is this is a blessing. blessing. Yeah. I can guiltlessly... Yeah decide to do this full time and joe and i spent some time working out could i not go and get another banking job right it's it felt odd to me to leave banking without having pinnacled Mm -hmm. yeah to be laid off at the end of your banking career i was like yeah i don't know that feels great and then i was over that so (laughs) you're like but 18 hours i'm gonna gonna trade that for running a uh, chateau just following a dream that you've had for yes that's decades, the pinnacle in right? my mind yeah yes. I mean yeah, and it's joy all day long yeah, yeah. It's, it's there's this uh, passage so Maslow's hierarchy of needs I have this his pamphlet when he was coming up with the pyramid and he said in the self-actualization he says a poet must write poetry a musician must write music or else they cannot live and I think this is your poetry this is your music and I don't think you would have been able to not do this in I, yeah. in this lifetime. I, th- I think you're probably right because the passion was becoming 
difficult to contain. Yes. yes. You know, at work, I was frustrated that I wasn't able to bring about the inclusion yeah. that I wanted. And in the end, I decided, you know what, we're just going to make it ourselves. Yes. And instead of trying to find a company that has your values, let's just make a company and give it mm-hmm. really amazing values mm-hmm. and then live up to those values. So our values are authenticity, excellence, joy, and community. Beautiful. Mm. And we, we're we very happy to live within those values yeah. and to hold ourselves accountable yeah. to those values yeah. all the time. And the parent company for Camp Chateau is actually called Camp Panier. The parent company's mission is to create inclusive spaces. Mm-hmm. Camp Chateau's mission is to create inclusive spaces for women. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So we will start looking at how can Great. we create inclusive spaces for the LGBTQ community? Mm-hmm. How can we create inclusive spaces across the spectrum? Yes. What a this beautiful is our legacy that you are creating for your yes. family to continue forever. Like this is such a beautiful foundation to be setting off into the world. And there Amazing. will be a ripple effect because I think, as you said in the beginning, why has no one thought of this? I think seeing this, at least for me from afar, it, it's been inspiring to think about when you're not getting a seat at the table that you want to build your own table, right? That's right. Just build a table. Yeah. Or buy a chateau. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I will tell you there was a That's mo- the quote. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there was a wonderful or buy a chateau. <laughs> there was a wonderful moment in the middle of camp this summer when I was standing in the courtyard with one of our campers and it was the last day. Everybody gets a little sad yeah, on the last morning. So actually I was not expecting the tears. I was expecting laughter lot of tears yeah because people feel very emotional about it but um we're standing there and she was looking around the inside of the courtyard and I said to her are you just soaking it in one last time she said I am I am I'm trying to imprint it so that I can take it with me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I said to her I'm interested to know what you think I want to know why is this working so well I hoped it would be great I really did but I'm very surprised to be honest with how much this is resonating with everyone. I said, I have a theory. My theory is that all the women who came this summer are really brave because they were coming to something that didn't exist. We just told them we're going to make a camp. Yeah. We have no pictures of camp. We have no pictures of anyone at camp. We're describing this thing. Trust us. It will be there. So they were all risk takers and brave in coming. And maybe that's what makes them all resonate with each other. And she said, yeah, no, I don't think it's that. She said, I think it's that we all hoped Yes. It was real. Mm. That's what brought us together. I, I do see this hunger for what you're creating, absolute hunger to feel a part of a community that is inclusive, that allows you to be yourself and find yourself. What you're doing is so inspiring. Is there opportunity for other women to invest? Do you see another chapter of expanding that investment opportunity? Because to me, that's what's so beautiful is that you've created for 60 women that are part owners with you in this. I'm sure that's such an incredible lifelong dream for them too, right? Well, we made a decision this year that we would close early because there were some financial incentives for closing early. So when we closed now, Mm -hmm. it meant that we have a loan for part of that close. Yes. So that means that I can replace that loan Mm -hmm. with founders. Mm -hmm. And by doing it that way, it meant that we gave ourselves an opportunity to bring in more founding members. Yes. Yeah. And we talked about it a bit, and I was thinking we could just get a mortgage. Yeah. And we own a property. We have the French company. We have everything there. But do we really want to be paying interest to a bank? Yeah. Or do we want to be paying interest to women, <laughs> women. who love camp and get to come to camp? We want to do that. Yeah. And so we just opened it up to 50 more founders. Actually, we already have 124 Mm -hmm. at this point. Mm -hmm. Wow. So we have 124 women 
who own a piece of Camp Chateau mm-hmm. and who will come every summer or will come as often as they want to. This year, when it came time to paying everybody's interest, mm-hmm. it was such a fun moment oh, for me. I can't imagine. I was like going through going, okay, Jenny, you've been invested since uh-huh. June. This is how much you've earned in interest and I'm about to send it over to you. Shall I send it to your bank account? Oh, Would you like to reinvest it? Yeah, and I will tell you that to my big surprise, 80% of the women said, yeah, no, just, just put it back in, yeah. reinvest, yes. it. reinvest it. And so that means that each time someone does that, we take money off the banking mm-hmm. platform and we put it into women's pockets and next question many how do i invest <laughs> take my money please yes. i have a checkbook <laughs> it is so we start our founding memberships the gold level at 7500 euros okay mm-hmm. and at 7500 euros you receive five percent interest every year at the end of five years you can say okay i'm out that was nice. I don't want to do it anymore. And yes. we just ask you, give us enough time to find a replacement founding member and you get your principal back. Yes. Amazing. So basically, it's an interest-only loan. While you are a founding member, you get to come to camp for free every summer. And that's six days and five nights. It's yeah. all inclusive, all food, all activities. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is get there. And that's the gold founding membership. And then we have a platinum level that's 15000 And we have a diamond level that's 40000 Both of those really, the benefits are... Minor, I would say. You get the chance to check in early and to sign Mm. up early and things like that. Most of the people who chose those levels, they just wanted to invest more. And they wanted 5% coming from that instead of from a savings account. Yeah, sure. And then we have uh, six equity investors. And our equity investors are all starting at around 80,000 euros. And we look to give them a dividend return we're aiming for about 8%. Mm. And it looks like we're really on track for that next year. Amazing. Because we will be profitable in our first 24 months. so That's amazing. Yeah. It actually worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every now and then I just think, oh my God, <laughs> that really worked. And you an even idea. talking about that conversation of paying interest back to a woman who might have never had the opportunity to have this kind of return, right? And, and oh. to have that conversation with a human and not a bank. I like, there's just something so beautiful and powerful about that. I think 90% of our founding members have never invested before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Like, this is a way to dip your toe in because you are investing in something. And there's always a risk. The company could Absolutely. fail. Really. Oh, yes, there's a risk. It doesn't look like we will. <laughs> it looks like we're good. But there is a risk that you're taking, but you're getting a return for that risk. Mm-hmm. We've layered on. And now you have a really good excuse for why you have to go to camp right. every summer. Right. You don't have and to negotiate. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to negotiate this with your family every year. Yeah. The benefits are so much greater than you would ever get from any other financial institution, right? The return on the investment might be equitable, right? Put it in a savings account or put it in the Camp Chapiteau. But the benefit of being able to spend that time on yourself and engage with other women in community and really focus on all of those core values that you have as a company individually, there's plenty of women I know who aren't focused on joy. And could right. you imagine living a life without joy? But people do it all the time. All the time. I yeah. You've also redefined real estate investing to me because when you think about a real estate asset, it's something you can walk into. It has four walls. It's not stock. It's something that you can touch and feel. But to me, this is even more real than that because it's, yes, the four walls and the brick and mortar, but then it's the soul that's inside, which is the community, the experience, the wine, the meals, the painting, the, the spending time. To me, I don't think there's anything more real than this investment. Yeah. And it's so heartening. 
It's yes. so encouraging to see how wonderfully people behave when they have an opportunity to be kind and lovely to each other. Yes. It's just the most beautiful thing. From yeah. morning till night, everybody's laughing, everybody's yes. warm, everybody cares about each other. People are having deep conversations in one corner and light conversations in another. And I just, I love that there's an opportunity for women to just be. Right. So we always talk about the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And what you do is you take care of everything. Right. So they they're only all ha- met. They're yeah. all met. All the yeah. needs are met. So all they have to do is this higher level stuff, whether it's deeper or higher, right? That's all there is to do. And we never in regular life give ourselves that space and opportunity nope. to do it. There's always dishes in the sink, right? Like, if a woman goes on vacation, yeah, how often oh God, has she no. planned the whole thing? The whole how thing. How often is she thinking about where are we going to go for dinner? How am I going to get the kids to the beach? Have we done the laundry because they don't have any swimsuits? She's just busy yeah, all through that vacation. Yeah. And quite often somebody will come up to me at camp because we were run off our feet because it was our first yeah. year. We were trying to make everything work. So all the staff running around working hard yeah. all the time. And people would come up to me and say, can I help? Yeah. Always my answer was, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> go sit down. Get out of my hair. Go you, you need to go and yeah. line a hammock. Yeah. <laughs> like, really? I could just do the dish. No. <laughs> this is about you. We had a wonderful moment where one of our campers got a phone call from her husband. We were with her at the time. And he called and he said, she told us afterwards, the conversation was, the internet is down and our sons can't play online games with their friends. Okay. All right. So this is about to be explicit. <laughs> explicit. <laughs> like seriously. So her answer was fantastic. Wow. Oh she said, "That's interesting." <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go to candle making yeah. <laughs> and hung up the phone. Oh and we God. all round of applause for everyone. We're like, "Yes, That's so well interesting. It's like, isn't that oh interesting? a little bit more diplomatic than go fuck yourself? <laughs> I, we can now yeah. just say, I'm going to do yeah. candle making. Yeah, I know. That's, which is for now that, on. That's, that's our new that's our go new. fuck yourself. Yeah. I'm going to go make a candle. <laughs> can I go to candle making? Have you tried candle making? <laughs> you know what I'm thinking of now? I'm thinking you need to go and try candle making. Yeah. That kind of moment for her, this is liberating. Yeah. You need to have, and the problem also is, as women, we have two hours to ourselves. Yeah. I'm going to go get my nails done. Guilt all the way through. Yeah. I really should be home. Did I remember to do so-and-so's homework? There's just things that we feel we need to do. Having five days, and this is what I learned on that retreat for Mm -hmm. myself, was having two full days with nothing that I had to do. Yeah. And then nobody could contact me and ask me to do anything was absolutely liberating for me. And I found a sense of peace and centeredness in two days that that now we're trying to give people the opportunity in a gentler way. It's not quite so immersive. Yeah. (laughs) Totally on your own. Yeah. Um, But you get this opportunity with this space for you. Yeah. And one woman this summer, I found her crying on one of the lower terraces. Mm -hmm. And I went and I sat next to her and I put my arm around her and I said... You, are you okay? This was after dinner one evening. And she looked at me and she said, don't worry, I'm, not, I'm just, I'm not sad. And there's tears. Right. Rolling. She said, look sad. Yeah. She said, I'm not sad, I'm not sad. All the stress is leaving my body yes. in yeah. a rush. It needs to go somewhere. And I said, yes. wow, are you having a stress purge? She said, I am. And she continued for about 10 minutes. It was yeah. quite 
It's a lot of emotion for her. And at the end, she was very calm. And I said, are you okay? She said, yeah, I just didn't know there was another way. Yeah. I thought, wow. And it took her three days before she got to that place. And I thought for her, that means she can go back now and think, what decisions do I actually want to make? Yeah. Yes, and much lighter now that she put that down yeah. and got it out. Yeah. I think that's needed. Our physical energy needs to release, yeah. right? And, and we're not trying to achieve that transformation for people at all. Yeah, Somebody said to me at one point before camp, I know you have no intention of transforming people, but they might be accidentally transformed. <laughs> yes. I said, yeah, it could yeah. happen. Yeah. <laughs> so you've obviously had an incredible career. I, I just listening to you, I just feel honored to be in your presence. Talk about a failure that you've had looking back and not just the Chateau, but just in any time. And what has that taught you and got you to this place? There have been so many. The one, your favorite. My favorite failure. There've been moments in my career that have been frustrating or I felt were unjust or made me angry. There were moments like that, but I wouldn't see those so much as failure Mm -hmm. I think for me the things that mattered the most the things where I wanted to learn the most were more personal yeah I got divorced yeah that's a failure that's a marriage that failed and I had three children at the time and so I learned a lot in that process about who did I really think I was Mm -hmm. and what was I capable of doing and where did I need help Mm -hmm. and that was a really good lesson for me is that you actually can't do everything on your own Yes. And you're a fool for trying to, and arrogant, mm-hmm. to think that you can do it all on your own. Actually takes a village, so go ask the village mm-hmm. and don't be shy about it. Yeah, And I think that's probably the most important lesson. And I still have to remind myself that. I would just, I'm a child of divorced parents and my mom not too long ago sat me down and asked, do you think I failed or made a mistake for separating from your father? And my heart broke and just exploded for her in so many ways and I looked at her and I said you are so brave and courageous for choosing yourself and us your children and knowing that wasn't a healthy place and I would say the same thing to you that you might look at that as a failure but I think it's the kind of woman and the strength that you have in you to choose what is healthy and in whatever sense that looks like for your children especially because I think as mothers we become these mama bears and that's a scary thing to make this change right and I think it's a beautiful thing I think the things that you learn being a single mom I mean if I would not want that on tape (laughs) you know when you look back on when you were 16 and think I'm really glad there was no photography then yeah (laughs) yeah I look back on those years and there was one time where I went back years later and I found my journals from the three years post my divorce mm-hmm. and I opened one I looked at the first page and went oh yeah we do not need to read those yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I burnt them all yeah I was like you know what that was a period of time which was hard for me and I don't need to wallow in it no what I need to do is yeah. to I let it out at yeah. the time and that was what I needed to do and now I need to just see who am I now yes and and let's just keep working on that I've loved our conversation for so many reasons I see so much of myself in your story and I appreciate you sharing it the way that you have because that's one of the things that I've discovered for myself is the path I took to get to where I am was meant for me when I got to the destination I thought I was arriving at it was like everything came together and as soon as I was there I I loved it for I don't know three or four months and felt like at the 
peak of everything. And then I was like, oh, there's this other part here that's not good. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm now on the next leg. Like you said, the third story, the third chapter mm-hmm. of your right. life. I'm like, I'm in that next one. That first phase of my life was building the story that everybody thought I was supposed to have for myself. And the second phase is me saying, but wait, here's maybe what I think I should mm-hmm. be doing. And then whatever happens after that, right? I think if you talk to women before and after 30, yeah, there's a big difference because yeah. I think a lot of us go up to the age of 30 on a track that we think is the track we're supposed to be on. Yeah. And then we get to about 30 years old and we have this sudden moment where we realize, wait a minute, I am an individual. Yep. With my own perspective on things, and I have actually some different needs or some different wants that I have never been brave enough to express because Mm -hmm. I've actually been trying to follow someone else's dream. Yes. And you and we get to this moment where you know what the hell? I'm gonna actually pursue my dream and then people get angry with us (laughs) for doing it. (laughs) Yeah. But I think it's an important moment. And this is why I love old women. Mm -hmm. By the way, older women are great. Yeah. Because they don't care. No. (laughs) They're like, this is what I think and I'm gonna tell you. Yeah. And they're the butterflies. They've gone through the cocoon and now they're they're the butterflies. Stop being so careful. (laughs) Like really you seem a little out there but I find that as women get older, they get really open Mm -hmm. about expressing what they think. Mm -hmm. And I admire that in them. Yeah, I think that's one of the things through the flower shop, I've really created this really beautiful community of women and mostly women who come to me for just like that gut check, that sort of moment of, is this okay? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? What do you think about this? And I'm constantly telling them to get out of their own way or just put it down. It's not yours. Or if you have that feeling, follow it, right? There's so much that because I've been so vocal about my entire experience, when I have a tough day, everybody knows I'm having a tough day and that it's okay to have tough days. In fact, it's great to have tough days because then you appreciate the good days so much more Mm -hmm. and being open and honest and authentic in expressing all of that allows and shows other people that they can and should do it too. It gives permission and it's unfortunate that's where we're at, but it's also great because we're actually having that conversation where permission is being given, right? We're granting it for each other. And I don't think that previous generations have had that opportunity or freedom to be granted those permissions. Right. And I think it's not just for women. If you think about it, the world that we have created for ourselves is very structured, mm-hmm. especially the corporate world, mm-hmm. the business world. Mm-hmm. We're all supposed to work within very narrow lines. Yeah. That it's not supposed to be emotional. We don't really want too much authenticity. All of that mm-hmm. makes people uncomfortable. Right. And men are having to live in that world too. Right. And we are so uncomfortable in it because it's not our natural state. But men are too. And I think to be a man in the corporate world who has any kind of self-awareness and is feeling any emotion must be exhausting too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and so I think the the revolution that we're starting is good for all of us. It is. I think about motherhood because you had your first at 23. Did you feel a metamorphosis at all or a new awareness? Mother Philippa versus Philippa before your baby? Is that a different woman? How did you start thinking about the world in that moment? Because that was before your 30s, right? Yes, I was You were still young. I think motherhood is an amazing thing. (laughs) Up until my daughter was born, all my love, really, all my affection, all my focus was on my partner. Mm -hmm. 
And it wasn't even really very well distributed amongst my family. Mm-hmm. Mostly just on my partner. And when she was born, that changed completely because I would have done anything to protect her. Mm-hmm. Anything. Mm-hmm. And what I learned is that the amount of love that you have actually expands. It's not like I had 100 and now it was 50 for Leah and 50 for my mm-hmm. husband. It was that I had 100 and now I had 150. Or I had a 300. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think for the rest of my life from that moment on, my children's well-being and my children's happiness became a source of constant concern for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it was something I always was thinking about, worrying about, but also I wanted to model for them. Mm-hmm. It helped me, I think, be bolder because I wanted to model what a woman should be. Mm-hmm. As they got older, it's like I, I have to be self-determined and capable because this is what they're looking at. Yeah. yeah. You want to make them proud. Yeah. yeah, and then I, I feel and like I taught them to fly, but the problem with yeah. that is they all flew. They all flew. <laughs> yeah, I know, <laughs> which is great. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you know, I get to travel around the world to visit them. <laughs> yeah, like, wow, girls. Yeah, and my youngest. <laughs> yeah, they're so lucky to have you as a mother. Oh, I'm lucky to have them. The other yeah. way around. Yeah, I think this has been such a beautiful conversation, yes. and I appreciate you spending time with us this afternoon. It's been very fun. Thank you. On our transactional love episodes, we do our love click to buy, um, which means that we're here to also sell your beautiful camp, which is sold out for next year. So are you taking pre-orders for the following? And how does someone access if they do want to invest? Yeah. How do they invest? Yeah. The two things that you can do is you can still come in 2025. We've mm-hmm. actually started selling 2025. Perfect. Wonderful. Selling. Okay. So do that soon. Good. And we're selling it right now for the 2024 price. So the oh, early, well, okay. early, 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 which will only be a limited time. So yeah. go ahead and do that. If you're interested in being a founding member, all you have to do is reach out to me, mm-hmm. philippa at campchateau.com, mm-hmm. and I will send you information on that. And if you decide to become a founding member, we are holding back a couple of weeks for 2024 Ooh. so that all of our new founding members can come next summer. Nice. Beautiful. And then only once we've made sure they can come, will we then open it up to general campus. Wonderful. Yeah. I'm signing up right now as we speak. <laughs> You're not leaving this studio before you take my money. Oh <laughs> I'm beyond inspired. Inspired is just doesn't even capture. Yeah. Thank you for carving out, especially on this special day. This is it's such we a, are a lovely way to end the day. We're clinking yeah. a glass yeah. to celebrate your closing. Wonderful. Congratulations. Thank this you. journey is just, again, I feel honored to know you. Yes. Conversation. This is Wendy and Norma. We love hearing from you. You're comments, your likes, your stars, all of the things really resonate with us. So tell us what's working for you so we can continue to deliver that magic every single week. This is Wendy and Norma inviting you to transact with love.